0: I know this is just mine, and the, actually two in a row. And the topic was fear. Yeah, so everyone started sharing about fear and uh, you know how to deal with it. And, and the, the recovery program tells you, you know, pray to that higher power, ask it to remove the fear, and then get busy, you know, helping other people and stuff like that. And then or writing it out. And there's all these ways. It's sort of like the pails of water when your house is on fire. And yet. Uh, but the thing is, is when, let's say there's a, a lull where the house is on fire, it's probably a pretty good idea to sort of look, and look at the causes and conditions why the fear or the anxiety keeps coming up, Yeah. So uh, everyone was talking, giving their take, and so I just shared and went to a statement in the book, which is nice, you know? which is, it asks a simple question, it says, why are you in so much fear today? So you could ask yourself that every day, you know, one well, why are you in so much fear right now, or so much anxiety? It's usually not fear, fear is an emotion, it's mostly mental anxiety, that it sort of mimics the physiological effects of fear, the emotion of fear, but it's mentally uh, determined. Yeah, it's good to realize the difference, because fear is a valid emotion, it's meant to happen, and it's, it's there for purposes. But the mental anxiety has other purposes you may not be aware of, usually to reinforce the identification as itself, to tell you the truth, I find. But, so I says, why are you in so much fear today? So, you know, luckily he doesn't let you answer because then the book would have been about 1,200 pages. It's a, like a couple hundred page book. <laughs> it would have been expanded. It would be instead of like twelve stories in the back, there'd be eight hundred stories of why we're so much fear. <laughs> but it says simply, why isn't it because self-reliance has failed you? It's a beautiful statement, really. You know, it saves you tons of time. Tons of time. Instead of going over with like a fine tooth comb every anxiety and trying to get to why you're anxious, yeah, there's a simple statement that you can entertain. And yeah, make a sort of entertain the possibility that it may have been a correct view yeah that hey any life run on self will or I mean uh, it's self reliance is failure yeah so maybe just entertain that possibility as correct view, and then now apply that to when the anxiety seem to arise, and maybe it's sort of like tying a a, a string to a mouse you it, you'll be able to follow it back to its hole yeah. It's everything's going to go back to that, and that's what they're saying. All the hundred forms of fear they talk about, you know, and like self pity and all this stuff. All these hundred forms, they have to grow or mutate out of a petri dish that allows us the conditions and the circumstances to produce those forms. Yeah, those forms just don't appear; they they arise dependently on other conditions. Yeah, so he's saying the primary condition all that fear arises from is reliance on self. It's a beautiful statement, you know? And it it save you tons of fucking time. So that, in, in, in other words, instead of ad- identifying every butterfly, you realize it's a butterfly. Yeah, You just put it all in one species. And then you thought, all right, go back to what's causing it. Yeah? And so if you want relief, that's where to go. Not to understand and go over every bit of, every event of anxiety and trying to diagnose it, yeah, but to see the causes and the conditions. And maybe, alright, so I heard that, and the beautiful thing is, I had heard that I may not be a self. Yeah? And I, th- I heard that, and in my mind entertained the possibility, hey, the highest, let's say a very deep form of reliance on anything would become, would be identification as that thing. You know, you can't be more relied on something than taking yourself to be it. (laughs) It's past even recognizing you're relying or that you can unrely on it. It's way past that point you're identified as it. So the Petri dish now has roots, yeah? It's not just something that's growing forms and expressions it's rooting down. Yeah, you know, it's not going to be disturbed anymore. It's going to be like they say in recovery, it's going to be like a fabric that runs through the existence of your life. Like if you have a gray shirt, this fabric is going to be gray of fear, of anxiety. You're not going to, it's going to be very difficult to recognize it because it's going to be infused in, in your view. It's going to be infused in how you approach everything. So where's the solution to it? Well, Question the idea of reliance on self. Is the reliance on self to a point where if I start trying to unrely on it, that would also be reliance on self? Yeah. Because it has its own survival mechanism. If you try to escape it, you're trying to escape it as it. Which keeps you in the Petri dish. Yeah? Your mind is still producing the causes and conditions for the anxiety. It can't leave the Petri dish because the Petri dish is now mobile. Because you identify as it. So wherever so now you're in a double whammy self, this idea of being a self is trying to get out of the idea of being a self. <laughs> it's 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 impossible to leave. Yeah? How can a product of the Petri dish leave the Petri dish and survive without the Petri dish? Yeah? It can't. So self can only appear in self. Yeah. So when someone wants to get out of self, they're believing they're in self. When you, when there's a, an ex, the experience of getting out of self comes from realizing you're not a self. It doesn't come from getting out of self. The experience, you could describe it as feeling like you're out of self, but it's not, it doesn't come from getting out of self. It comes from realizing you're not in self. Yeah. That's what sets up the experience or the or like the modality of traveling here of what I would call being out of self or traveling lighter. It's not that you got out of self. Because any attempt to get out of self is actually just inferring that you are in self. Yeah? So if you get out of something that you were in, for that out to seem real, you inevitably have to go back in. It's just the way it works, yeah. You can't get you can't break the dual list dualistic constraint that's there in place. So, in and out depend on each other. It's like the one slinky movement exerts the the energy for the next slinky movement. Yeah? So you're trying to get in and out and out and in and in and out and out and in. Yeah. So that's why people have experiences where they go, they feel like they've surrendered their will in the life and then they take it back. And then they have to go through all this turmoil to feel like they've given it over again. And then when something important arises, they take it back. That's not surrendering <laughs> your will and life over to care or something else. That's not it. That's a, a game that selfing is playing, yeah? The game of calling surrender and then taking it back. When there's a when there's a, when there's been a convincing of the mind that it realizes the Vilemon it's in that it can't get out of the dilemma because it's not really in it, so all effort to get out of it is reinforcing it, there's something that happens, you could call it a pause or a revelation or a, a download, which stops the system for a minute or two. And then the system is revealed to be what it is, and it ain't you. Yeah, It's just generating this or projecting this sense of being a self. And you feel it, so you take that feeling to be so. But it isn't so, it's manufactured, yeah? So if it isn't so, once you see that you're not that, there's no need to see what you are. That's that, yeah? This isn't about learning what you are, it's about learning what you're not. It has nothing to do with learning about what you are. You can't learn about what you are, you can find out about what you are while you're living here. Because living is sort of like rubs, what you are in the way, it brings it out. You get to, ex- you see its multitude ways of, of expressing. Yeah, what you would call, oh, these are only the expressions of it, and these aren't. They get all the lines between that get very wavy after a while. We realize what you call good and bad is the same expression of the same mind. Yeah, the mind's just expression in like a dualistic manner. There's no good or bad in the mind itself. It's just expressing. That's what it's doing. So in this place of expression, what happens is you find out what it's like by realizing what it isn't like in a way. Yeah? It isn't a thought. It isn't an idea. It's not something that has to be regenerated. It doesn't need to be reinforced. It doesn't need to be advertised. It stands in and of itself, alone. Yeah? It's not generated by anything. So this whole idea... So. All right, if I can trace any 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 situation that's provoking anxiety, if I can use this one little template that maybe it's self-reliance is the cause and condition of that, then where would the solution be, looking at that. yeah Now what's self-reliance? How does self-reliance demonstrate? I would say it's the devotion and the belief in the thought system. That's the self-reliance. That's where it is, yeah. You're not relying on your elbow, are you? You're not relying on you're not relying on your feelings. They're being interpreted all the time. Feelings are just stimuli. They're being interpreted into a language, which is the mind doing that. Yeah? So reliance on self is devotion to the thought system. It's having faith in the thought system. So when you rely on the thought system, what does that faith produce? Anxiety. Yeah? It produces a reality that's of time. It produces past and future, which outweigh right now. It produces a whole shift in the balance of things. Everything gets distorted. Everything gets skewered. It's sort of like everything starts rolling downhill to you. Everything is seen as, as pertaining to you. It just And you see everything as pertaining to you. And it goes like that. You know? This is just a correction. That's all it is. Yeah? The mind, when it leaves self-centeredness, there's other forms of centeredness. Self-centeredness is just one, (laughs) yeah? It's the one we seem to be stuck on, but there's centeredness, that's not based on self, yeah? It has a feeling, just like self-centeredness has, but instead of being the all the doer and the haver and the thinker and the feeler, you're not in that position, yeah? You're more of the position of the seeing, of all that, Yeah? And so now you're centered, you're still centered, but in a different, on a, it's, But you're centered on a different uh, point, in a way. Instead of self-centered, you're centered on, let's say, a pointless point. Yeah? And the mind, the same mind, the ordinary mind and light mind are the same mind. The same mind is now going to express and going to intimate what it's like from that center. And you're going to be the beneficiary of that. You're going to see it happen through this apparatus... And it's going to allow you to travel lighter here that's what happens yeah and you find out about it you can't know it you have no freaking clue you never will just like when i got hit by the car i did not know i was going to get hit by a car until i got hit by the car yeah i could have been spending my whole life preparing myself to get hit by a car i still wouldn't have known it until i got hit by the car i swear to god and all the knowledge about getting hit by a car would have had no value whatsoever. The car hit me, and then there was a response after the fact. Yeah. <laughs> so the I don't know is the highest form of knowledge, yeah? You stay in the I don't know because the I don't know allows you to finally start to find out, yeah? And finding out is a lot more convincing, yeah? It's sort of like instead of, you know... Here's, here's a here's a vat of dye, a vat of color, and you're gonna dye your clothes. It's not like you put just just one cloth in at once. Oh, I know it. I know it. It's now black. No, it isn't. It didn't have time to set. It didn't really soak in. It goes in and it goes in and it goes in, and now you're dyed. Yeah. Now the fabric of your existence is a different color. So now the gray stands out. You can see the you can see what's causing the anxiety. You can follow it from its consequential expression back to where it's arising from. You can see it, yeah? You look at your own life and you see it like like a neon sign. Mm -hmm. Where before, oh, it's you and it's my upbringing or I ate that bad bagel and that's why I'm anxious. All this stuff. No, you see it. You see it from, oh, this is going on, there's the petri dish. The mind has fallen back into the habit of relying on self. It's starting to believe the thought system. It's now its value is left the moment into time. I've got, what's going to happen to me in the future? What happened to me in the past is the verification. And it goes on and on and on and on and on. Yeah, so it goes on. And what occurs self. the idea of being a long-lasting, independent, separate entity is remembered. Yeah? It's remembered by thinking about you in the past, because you was presented as a body. The only way you can think about five years ago... You can't think about you as a spirit five years ago, can you? Oh, I was a spirit five years ago, hovering over this waterfall in Bali. No, you were a body. The water was running in. You know what I mean? You were having a pina colada. It was all this. This was you. This is the only way the thought system presents you is as, as a body. Yeah? That's, so it remembers you in the past. What happens? It remembers you in the past... And then, when it's thinking about you in the future, that's another form of remembrance. It remembers you in the future. It doesn't, there's no linear thing. The mind plays with time, there's no time. It's made up. So it makes it up and says, I'm going to remember you by thinking five years ago. And you know what? I'm going to remember you by thinking eight years ahead. Yeah. And so, alright, so I was there, I will be there. Therefore, I am here. That's what it does. Yeah. That's its logic. I was there. I will be there. Why would it, why would these thoughts... Would these thoughts be so important if I wasn't going to be there? I mean, it would be insane to, for me to be thinking and having so much interest in these thoughts about five years from now if I wasn't going to be there. Yeah? That's the beauty of it, because if you're not there, you'll lose interest in those thoughts. Because you're, if you're not here... Yeah? If you're truly rooted in that you're not here, as that long lasting independent separate entity, you'll lose interest in the thoughts about you being there. Because the only way the mind can affect an experience now, entertaining what's not happening, is if it's about you. It's the only fucking way. Yeah? That self importance is the carrier. If it wasn't about you, would you be thinking about it now? Would, you, would your interest be able to be pulled off of this incredible magnet of con- conscious contact? I mean, I'm feeling, seeing, tasting, smelling, touching things right now. That's a pretty big pull, don't you believe? You know, my ass is telling me it's cold right there. You know, the light is a little bleakish today. You know what I mean? You're, all of it's like screaming for your attention. How could that be so easily drawn from here to what's not happening? And what's not happening? How could it be pulled from this load of magnet of attention and to be dispersed into a place called what's not happening? There's a bigger magnet that's placed there, which is you. <laughs> the idea of being you five years ago. Let me go over it again. <laughs> what could I have done to make it? To, my whole life would leave you look different now if I wouldn't have done that five years ago. <laughs> yeah. So here I go, my attention immediately leaves here. You're totally disassociated. Most people aren't even here. They're like those dogs with the little plastic funnel things on their necks when they have manes. They're just up. They're just, they can't feel their balls or anything. They're just gone. It's like they're itching. They don't even know they're itching. They're just out there hoping that it's going to be much better. Why well, keeps pulling your attention there and then? From here because it's about you. Yeah? If you think oh no, well it's about my children, but it's about your children in relation to you. Yeah. You're always involved in there. You're either the main planet, you're either the sun or the moon. Yeah? You can make your kids the sun, but you're still the moon reflecting that light, or you're usually the sun and the kids are the moon, really. Yeah? But it's always about you at some level. So we're questioning that you if that you that it's all about isn't you, find out what can happen. Maybe you'll break the bondage to that idea of being a self, and it is an activity. There is no date you were bonded to it, and there'll be no date you're going to be unbonded to it. There's no date that you were imprisoned, and there's no date that you're getting released. It's an activity right now. Your attention and interest can be in it, and that's produces a sense of bondage to that idea, or it can be relieved of it, and that's the freedom from it. Yeah? There's no, like, you're not going to see uh, man- manacles getting taken off and put on. It's not that way. It's just an activity of mind. Yeah? The interest and attention is wedded to that idea of being Paul, therefore you live as a time being, and your attention isn't here, it's there and then, or you're freed from it at that moment. Yeah? And you're traveling later. That's basically it. It's like the mind is almost like water. If it becomes a pond around a certain idea, let's say there's one rock in the middle of this water. You ever see when you see running water, it has a current, yes? It's naturally going down, going towards, towards the source, so to speak. It's always going moving towards the source, which is the ocean the sea. So let's say you put a rock in it. What happens? It changes things, doesn't it? It creates currents, yeah. So the rock, now the water moves around the rock, but well, let's say it gets caught around the rock, yeah? And it creates a little eddy. And then whatever is flowing down the river starts getting caught in that eddy and starts coagulating around the rock, like leaves and little branches and dead bugs and everything, yes? And after a while, this, most of the water is going one way, but a certain amount of water has gotten stuck and it gets stagnant around that rock, yeah? What would happen? All you need is if the rock was removed, that would break the bondage. The water would, the leaves would disperse, the insects would go down, the twigs wouldn't be building a big fucking thing, and go, they'd all be moved by the current of the mind. Yes, <sighs> going along, and as they're moving, the mind, everything cleans up, all the shit just gets left off and drops to the sediment, and it keeps going, and it's clear as hell. Yeah, that rock is the idea of being a self it's stuck in there. The interest, the attention, the energy gets caught gets caught in this eddy, starts getting into this fucking orbit, a mental orbit, around this freaking crazy idea that I'm the doer, the thinker, the feeler, and all this. And it gets stuck. And then things, that tendency to come and go, get stuck. They stop coming and going. They start saying. (laughs) 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 And then... To make, to rationalize why they're saying there's gotta be a story. Well, I did something, (laughs) or whatever. And then the rock just gets more and more fortified, and no matter how much it's complaining about all these things that drive me crazy, I'd really like them to change, but they're not gonna, they're just responding to the situation. There's no intention. If the rock is removed, it's gonna go that way. It's not gonna stay in the same eddy and go, oh, I wish I was the rock again. No, it will just move. That's what we're questioning. Yeah? Is that sense of being a noun, where everything else is demonstrating it's a verb, everything, this this crazy idea that we're the one solid thing amidst all these things that are coming and going. Yeah, That we're the one compass setter, That we're the one Alpha and the Omega. It's freaking, it's an incredible leap of faith in an insane system. I was at a meeting the other day and people were talking about you know, AA, they talk about the leap of faith. hey, there's no leap of faith. It works. You come in, you watch people who were really fucked, and they get unfucked. Yeah? Their face looked terrible, their eyes were dulled over, they start looking brighter, and they get a job, and they're happening. Where's the leap of faith? The leap of faith is to keep going back into your head, believing that freaking thing. Yeah? Because the only thing it's living on is your faith. It can't <laughs> produce the goods. All your faith just just pays for all the advertising it runs. You know, it, it will be better. It was once better. It's going to get better. I hope it's going to get better. It probably won't get better. Fuck you, it's not better. You know the reason why it's not better? Why did I ever get together with you? It's got to write up a story, eh? It's <laughs> such a simple freedom from it. It really is. And it's applicable every moment. It's not like you get the lesson and you've learned it. You're learning it every second. The same invitations are available. The mind's inviting you to make the leap into taking yourself to be a long-lasting, independent, entity. We're using a language that's a subjective language. Its whole emphasis is that you're the doer. You know, the whole emphasis is that you have choice. The whole emphasis is that you're the Alpha and the Omega. Either implied or just inferred. But it's very, very strong. It's the subjective language used by objects. Yeah, The object is now become subjectified by the mind. Yeah? The mind now thinks somehow it's affiliated with this body. Somehow maybe it's the body. But now it's now the subject. And it's a false premise. So that insane premise creates all these insane assumptions that people take to be obviously true. Like, I could probably be more into this moment than I'm in right now. Because I know I can be out of the moment. I can check out at any time. But all the surveillance cameras of your whole life would find your body right in the moment it's in. You've never not been out of this moment. (laughs) So that's a huge, unbelievable assumption that you can be out of something. That you can't, you know what I mean? That... You are the moment. How can you get out of it? Yeah? So then why the hell are you trying to get in it so much? <laughs> because it's a huge judgment. I'm not in it. I should be more in it. Other people are seen to really be in it. This is all mine, isn't it? It's like you give this mind, it's like John Coltrane, you give it one note, it's gonna riff. It can make like eight LPs on it. You know, you can just rip on separation. What could separation what could possibly separation mean? Well, you're the source of love, but you forget it, and now you're dying for love your whole life. <laughs> okay, let's, let's play that tune. You know what I mean? Now, riff on it. My favorite things for 30 minutes. That's what's happening. That's what mine does. It entertains. It entertains. It entertains ideas. It entertains possibilities. We've been given thousands of them. Some fucking insane ones that we've entertained. And they're now taking to be the norm. You yeah? yeah? That, look at the thought system. Its value is on past and future much more than now. Just look at it just in somewhat objectively. Its thoughts, the thought system's value is placed on past. It only sees from the past, Yeah? And it just projects that value on the future. Why are you afraid of the future is because you're afraid of something in the supposed past. That's the only thing. That's where all of its value comes from, yeah? So in The Course in Miracles, it has the seven first lessons, and it explains like, hey, you and I give everything all the meaning it has, an incredible thing to entertain. Everything you see is meaningless, yeah? You've given everything you see the meaning it has. And And then it goes to the the lesson seven, it says, and why this is all so, these first six lessons, is this one, which is, you see only the past. What? Yes, you see only the past. How can you see only the past? Because self-centeredness, which is a form of looking, derived by the center of self, is remembered. Self is remembered. That's the past. You see only the past. That's where you're seeing from. You can't break it. You can't break out of it with the same form of looking. You can't use the distorted glasses to see the clear vision. Yeah? Self-centeredness is a form of looking that blinds us to the scene. The scene is right there. It's just being covered up by this activity, this interpretation called self-centered looking. But So every time you're looking, that's what you're looking for. Like St. Francis said. What? Yes, what you're looking for is what's looking. What? But it's the form of the how you're looking, the self-centeredness that's causing you to be blind to what you're looking for, which is the seeing. In other words, it's right under our vertebral nose. Yeah? That's the little shift. That's all. A little shift, a tiny little shift, That magnifies and expands in time and space, in an expression, in what they would call the rest of your life. That's what's going to happen. The rest of your life is going to expand on this one little shift. And you're going to have an experience consistently of traveling lighter through the terrain of your life. It's not going to say it's going to clear everything up. You're always going to do great. You may get cancer, you may not. You may get fired, you may not. But you'll travel lighter over it. Yes. Consistently. And what more do you want? So, okay. The thoughts are bringing you the possibility to be anxious right now, let's say. What's binding you to the thought? It's not the thought, because someone else can have the same thought about a future that is just as imaginary as your future, and yet that thought won't seem to produce the effect, because it's not the thought that's producing it. Yes, it's the mind. The mind of the thought. What precedes the thought is the feeling of being the thinker. That's where the energy comes from. So if you're looking at trying to stop thinking this way or start thinking that way, you're missing the real boat. Because it's not in the thinking, it's in the thinker, which is a thought. Yeah? It's, just, it's in the thought that's never noticed as a thought. It's in almost like the first thought, which is you're the thinker. That's where the bondage occurs. Yeah, Because if Ted has his thoughts and they're driving him crazy, I can be sitting a half in inch from him and it's not contagious. I have a basic immunity to his thoughts because I'm seeing them as his. Yeah? But the same thoughts... Thrown in the in, in the light that their mind will, could have a huge effect on me. You see, it's the same thought, but it says that how they're held. When I see them as yours, I can have great Solomon-like wisdom about your thoughts. Yeah, I can I can have compassion for you about your thoughts. But I would like to see the same event happen when they're your my thoughts. It's quite different, quite quite different. Yeah. So the point is is to see the my, the my is what accesses a system of thought, of mind, of conditioning called self-centeredness. That's how it downloads into the thoughts. The thoughts are given meaning by the mind. The mind isn't being given meaning by the thoughts. The thoughts are vehicles for the mind to express a meaning. The mind is conditioned into self-centeredness, and that's what it is expressing. It's expressing the meaning those thoughts infer from a point of view of it's all about me that's all they can do that's the system you can't break the programming yeah. so as soon as the thought becomes mine I'm cast as either the object of the thoughts or the thinker of them shit happens yeah. Yeah. meaning gets distilled gets distributed you don't see where it came from so how can you change how can you actually have a wise effect or a wise uh, process of movement through it because you don't even see what's going on yeah, you think the thoughts driving you crazy? Thoughts <laughs> <laughs> no, are driving you crazy. How could they? If they could, they'd be doing it every day. The one thought that drives you crazy today should be able to drive you crazy every day, does it? No. It's based on your condition, is it? Yes. Your condition is the more important point than the thought itself. So where's the immunity? It's in the mind. If they're not my thoughts, what happens? I lose interest in the thoughts. Yeah, the connection from the meaning into the thought gets a little disrupted. There's not enough amplitude, or not enough wattage, can get from that crazy mind into the thought to really drive "quote unquote" me crazy. Yeah. It still flares up. It still wants to make a, a big explosion to grab your attention, but it can't hypnotically entrance you anymore. It doesn't have the juice. It never did. You were just you were giving it the juice through the mind. Yeah. Now that now that train of supply has been cut. Yeah. You're free from it, and then that outpost dies. It doesn't have the power to have. So you have immunity to the thought system. Then you start finding out that something else can navigate you other than thought. Yeah. Something else can give you a sense of a day, and it's more a sense of a day. It's not any particular, you just get a sense of things. Yeah, You start living in a more vague, diffuse way. Your attention is more more uh, dis- diffused, yes? More dispersed. You're more open. You're, you're, instead of seeing like 90 degrees or 20 degrees, you're seeing maybe 180 degrees, 260 degrees. You've got a much wider lens, you're picking up more. So when the clouds come, they never set up a weather front because you always see enough sky to counter- counteract the effects of the clouds, yeah? You won't take the whole story of, oh, this huge weather front, like this depression's moved in I'm always going to be depressed. There's too much open sky being seen. You can't fall for it anymore. So your ally is always available in your own scene. There's nothing, you, need, you don't need to pray to anything. You may like to pray to things, who knows. But there'll be no need because your own seeing is, is is the Savior. Hmm. Yeah. It's different. If all you saw was clouds, you would take that to be the sky, wouldn't you? You would. Over time, if all you saw was clouds, you would take that to be the sky. If you ever live in New York in the winter, after a few months it seems like that's the sky. It's like this low overhanging grayness, and <laughs> it doesn't move well, for three months, and after a while it's like, that's the sky, it sort of bums you out, you know, but if you always had a, if you could always see some sky, no matter how many clouds moved in, you would have a sort of a counteraction to that belief, yeah your mind would still stay open and it's your mind that's producing everything here, you know? not the clouds or the weather clouds yeah, so I'll try to get a second breath for the late comer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really? What <probably> was that? <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. What was here before you came is still here. Will be here after you leave. There you go. That's the good news. Yeah. You don't want to put it off for any reason. You don't. You don't want to put off its availability. You don't want to make it at a meeting place or a certain time or a certain person, that's a, that's a form of slavery. Yeah. It's got to be available at all times right where you are, or it's not worth the name, truth, or anything. It's just not worthy. Of it. It's got to be always available at all times, or it's not a solution. And the beauty, beautiful aspect of this solution, it's, it's only it only takes on that role when the problem seems real. Yeah. When the problem seems real, then there's need for a real solution. But when the solution dawns on you, the problem seen as imaginary, so there's no need for a solution either. That's the real solution. No solution at all. Yeah. The real solution is no solution at all. Just as you are, is it? Of course, your mind will have tons of considerations arise. That's what it does. It wants to box you and make you something. Yeah. So it can pass judgment and improve and progress. Something regress and all this fucking movement that grabs all your int- interest and attention yeah as as if you're a kid that's worried about his height and constantly measuring himself you know you know in the doorway when you were a kid your parents mark a number and you be us have I grown, have I grown, have I grown you know. all that's removed yeah. And then you know the problem from the solution. It's really nice. Nice view. There's nothing like going to a place where they talk about the problem from the problem. So it's it's really boring. (laughs) (laughs) But to see the problem from the solution is really good. Because then you get to really see it. Because it can be seen. It's made up. It's constructed. It's reinforced. It's an activity of a mental process. And you can see it. You have the ability to see it. Yeah if you see it, it it triggers a a response, a recognition that you're not seeing from it, obviously yeah, and when you realize that you're not seeing from it then you see that it's a form of looking, yeah sort of like, here's mind let's say here's mind and then there's a frame let's say there's a frame and that frame has a pane of glass on it yeah, and so that's called self-centeredness so here's this mind, like this huge, open, whatever, empty, whatever, nothing, clarity, whatever. And yet it's being funneled into expression here through this frame, yeah? And so it moves through the frame, and as it's moving through the frame, there's a forgetting in a sense. It's, that it's the it's the dreaming, but now it's forgotten it's the dreaming. And then when it moves through the pane of glass, the pane of glass is reflecting... What all the selfing inferring that there's a someone there, yeah. So now it sees, but in an ignorant way, the selfing and the selfing's is implying and inferring and assuming that there's a someone, and then the mind makes that leap and it takes itself to be the someone that all the selfing is inferring. It's like a, it's like a, a transsetting mechanism all day, yeah. The thought system going on, narrating your life, narrating your past, your future, and now, yeah it's inferring that there's a somewhere there. So now that pane of glass becomes opaque in a way. The mind forgets all of that mind that's here. And now it takes this, this representation, this Paul, this idea, this mental, physical, emotional, whatever idea, and takes it to be itself. Yeah. So now it's forgotten all of this aspect. And now it's taking itself to be this mental representation of its activity, forgot that it's the consciousness that's in contact. Now it takes this thing to be conscious in contact, and so now it sees all of this, and all of these things, and all of the interpretation of these things keep referring back to it. Yeah, and now this loop gets set up, this loop of self-importance. So it keeps seeing a thing and going back to this thing, and so if it sees a thousand things in one day, they all get brought back to this one thing. So every seeing of everything reinforces the one thing that's seeing it, yeah? That's the bondage of self. We're just questioning, if we're not that little happy face, that that, that's not opaque really, it's a two-way mirror, it's clear, then when the attention and interest comes back, it can go back through that glass and go back into mind, yeah? And rest in its own source. And then it will download and come back some information about finding out what it is. Instead of taking itself to be this little happy face on this, the pane of glass that it's moving through, this interface, it will realize this interface is a projection of that. This, and the reality is that, the mind, that this isn't the reality, this is the projection of what's real. Yeah, It'll get a flavor of that. And if it entertains and gets curious about it, guess what? More will be revealed. More downloads. Yeah. And while you're engaged here, because this is the destiny, where right? there's an action figure experience here, you're going to be also engaged in what seems not to be happening, which is always happening. Yeah? And that's what's going to leaven this place. It's going to be a leavening agent. You'll be able to travel lighter here, wear things more loosely, not take the stuff so seriously. Yes, maybe be able to have a lot of attention at hand to give to others and never feel like you're burnt out. You know what I mean? Just go on and on and on. Because it's an infinite source. It's not stopping at this defined, finite little expression. It's going into the infinite source of mind. Yeah? That's what's happening, I feel. And it can be seen. You can see how it's structured. You can see how it's reinforced. You think the language is is, is just... Uh, it's being used by the mental process to to assert its own existence, really. And because the existence isn't so, it has to be reasserted all day. That's why there's so many thoughts, you know. That's why it goes on and on and on. You wake up out of a dream, and it just starts yapping right away, on and on and on and on, constantly reasserting that there's someone <laughs> why? if there was someone there would it need to be reasserted so much? really, wouldn't it? I don't think so That would the, the being there would be an assertion enough but it's because it's not there it has to assert that it is there and it can't assert that it's there except by there and then it has to say I was there and I will be there for it to have a sense that it's here now it's the only way it gets produced it's not producing its own sense of presence because it's not a presence It has to sort of steal that sense of presence by making up time, a past and a future, to be worried about and to be concerned for. So it does. I was there, I will be there, I am here. That's his logic. You know what I mean? (laughs) It makes sense to it. It's insane, but to win, it's very logical. Just like it was logical for me to do another shot of Coke after i have been up for eight days. It seemed incredibly logical. Yeah, let's do another one. When it was totally insane. Yeah, But in that system, it was totally logical at the time. Well, this is just, try to break that logic. I was there. I will be there. It has to immediately go, I am here. Because this is the only place that's happening. Why do you think? Does it matter that it was there? Only to now. It's to validate that it's here, not there. There's no value there. It's not happening. The value is its implied value that it's happening now, to you. And there's no value in the future, it's not happening. But the value is that it's being used to imply that you're here now. Now, that self-knowledge it won't do you any good, but if you hear it, and there's no bondage, if there can be a break to that bonding that you're the one that's learning about you, you'll get a lot of info will download. And then, like they say, that guy D-O-G-E-N, Dogen, I guess, that Zen master said, you know, to study, the, study Buddhism is to study the self. And to study the self is to forget the self. That's the whole point. Yeah? Not to learn about... It's like when I did this thing called the Enneagram... I did a retreat with the of e. these, these teachers. It was a big thing a few years ago, I don't know if it is anymore, but it's an old Sufi way of, they produced uh, basically nine basic characteristics of all personalities, of all human beings, yeah? And each each nine, each one had two subdivisions, so it'd be like, uh, uh, like 27 basic characteristics that everyone in the planet uh, displays, yeah? And there, So there could be a number one, let's say number one likes to travel, and all this. And stuff. So all these spiritual seekers are there, learning about this stuff. And so now, as soon as we left the hall, like at breaks, I'm a seven, I'm a five, I'm a five with a, a sexual subdivision six. This? But the whole point was to learn that you're not that. That's the whole point. All the information was to take it a step farther. Yeah, I am that, and I'm not. Yeah, you know what I mean. Not to add on another thing that you're not, but to realize you're not that. You know, but I'm sure everyone's like, oh God, I'm now I'm a seven, and I'm, I'm I'm compatible with a. Are you a five? I'm compatible with a five. A, you know, a, a pervert subdivision sex. let Let's go. we for each other. The whole point was that no, you're not that. You know, when you get categorized and it's simplified, and you're seen to be just a, a basic representative, like an alcoholic, it's not that you're an alcoholic. It's to let it go a little farther. Yeah, I'm an alcoholic. Because part of it is denial of that to accept it, and then from there, I'm not an alcoholic. Yeah, it's not a mental denial. It's a true denial. Yeah, I'm totally willing. I am an alcoholic right down to my core and I'm therefore I am not one. Yeah? But as long as I'm denying I'm it, I'm going to act as if I am all fucking day. But when I finally accept it and let it land and let it totally be what I was afraid to be, I find I'm not that. That's the whole point. My whole strategy when I was young was to make things that seem so real not real. You know? First it was science fiction and Edgar Allan Poe, then I found drugs and alcohol, then spirituality. They all were used for the one same purpose. Certain things were so real to me, like when people who I loved died, I just, my little brain, I couldn't process it, you know? There was all this love hanging out, and there was no object to Atlanta. My grandmother and my father were gone in six months, and I was like, very vulnerable. I was like, let's pull it all back, stuff it all in, fucking no one's gonna make me feel anything ever again. I'm going to make myself feel something all the time by getting high, yeah. So I try to make things that seem so real unreal, and I made them real as real can be. When I let them be as real as they wanted to be, they ultimately show ultimately showed their real nature. They're unreal. But if you're trying to make them unreal, they're as real as real can be because you are the dreaming of it. You're the mind. Covered, no matter how small and how victimized you think you are by that frame of self-centeredness, your mind. Why is the suffering so exquisite? It's mind entertaining it. <laughs> you know? It's not the movie, it's the audience. The movie's pretty basic. The audience makes a fucking incredible Maya. An illusion, whatever you want to call it. It's not the Maya. There's no thing called Maya. It's a projection of mind. In a way, this is very empowering. It's not a passive spiritual practice, in a way. You really, in a sense, you become accountable for a lot more than you thought you were avoiding responsibility for. You see that you're the dreaming of this place. Yeah? You're not a victim. You're not being stepped on. You're a participant, full-time participant in this place. Maybe even creator. Well it can't it's not a creation it's a making like the course would always make a difference between that the mind can make yeah, but only said so only the mind of God can create, so I guess we are creating that way. all right well, that's it. sorry, I even came in a little late bro. I can't I can't keep going. It's like flogging a dead horse after a while, but remember it's an invitation, a message, not a date dissertation Simply because faith in mind is it yeah. I have faith in mind not yours and Deb's and mind but mind I mean, all it needs is a, to entertain the possibility if it hears it and something triggers it the mind starts doing the rest all it needs is like a little catalyst like a little couple of drops of gas in the carburetor will start the car you don't have to keep pouring gas in it will flood it yeah. just put it in there Trust the mind, not your conditional stream, but the mind itself. What's seeing that conditional stream? Trust that. Then all these great things will follow. Up again. Like we were talking about the other night, Jesus healing people. It was like when Jesus supposedly healed, he'd always say it was done according to their belief. He didn't set him up with an HMO and, you know, all right, you'll get crutches for a year and then we'll get you the cane. No, the guy got right up, carried his stretcher, and split. You know what I mean? He just, he'd been laying there disabled for 30 years he met this dude something happened, he got right up it wasn't like this long, sustained recovery it's things shifted quite quickly well, to me that's an example of the the blueprint room of mind, when the mind changes the house never gets built you're trying to figure out a way to get out of something you believe you're in up here the house never even gets built you realize you were never in the house so there's no need to get out (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's totally different, much faster. Yeah, and one big thing here is saving time. Is, mm-hmm. This one thing, because time has such an influence here. Mm-hmm. To save time is a good is a, a good move. Yeah. To me, this is what this message is. If everything is going to lead you to the point of realizing you need do nothing, why not start there? You need do nothing. <laughs> <laughs> that's blasphemy part of it. blasphemy <laughs> you did all these things and that led you to where you are but where am I? <laughs> in fact is it any different than where I was when I was shooting drugs? no, it <laughs> really wasn't the form of, mental ex- of mind expression was a whole lot different, but the, the exact nature of mind was exactly the same. Free from all of the expressions, yeah? You can't follow the expression and find the body that you think the hand is connected to. Mind is not sullied by what's happening here. Yeah? Because from that view, nothing's ever happened. From the mind's point of view, nothing's actually ever happened here. This is just going on and going on and going on, but in fact, nothing ever really happened. Yeah. So, any questions today? No. This talk, this whole dissolution about surrender—you just labeled the whole this whole thing about surrender. Well, really, in a sense, it's seen as actually there is. You're prior to even surrender. In other words, the freedom is already in place. You don't need to even surrender to it. You just have to stop believing what your head's telling you. Really? So stop believing surrender. Yeah. Stop. You've got to stop believing and surrender too. Yeah. You you give up surrender. You give. You stop believing in every and all concepts. Really, that's what happens because you're prior to it. You're free already. This, the freedom is established as a natural state of mind it can't be encumbered by what's appearing yeah so there is that it's this idea we always want to write our own relevance into it as this action figure like if we have something to do so the final surrender or this and that i just think it's all bogus in a lot of ways just because then it would have to seem like to, it would have to be different. This moment would be different than the next moment because surrender would be the difference. I surrendered this one day and then every moment changed, but in fact it never changed. The basic baseline of every moment isn't, there's no tremor put in it by what you think you're doing or not doing. So, yeah, in a way you're totally irrelevant to approaching this because you're beyond approaching it, you're it. (laughs) can't get out of it. You know what I mean? You can't get out of the responsibility that your mind—that <laughs> you are—that yeah. So there's all these ways of the of in manifestation of helpfulness, surrender, this and that, that. but when all when when it comes to push and shove, nothing ever really happened. Yeah. The basic state that was available after you surrendered, was available, quote-unquote, before you surrendered. It was always available at all times, with no requirement necessary. We've made up the requirements. If, and if your mind's making up the requirements, you'll probably play through that, that uh, gymnastic class it has set up, where you'll have to surrender and do certain things for things to be undone and uncovered, so that what was obvious can become obvious to you. But it did it make that thing that's obvious obvious? No, it didn't make it obvious. It was always obvious we 're dreaming so we, we have we write ourselves into the role you know all right I'm, I did this and I meditate a long time and then I realized it's nothing to do with meditation and then I did this and that and I realized there's no need to do this and but was that were they necessary only in the dream but the fact is what was obvious was never ever made was never made obvious by whatever we've done it's always been obvious it's always been available right as we are right now because we're not that. At every time at every time and no time always available no requirement necessary now in the dream your mind may set up thirty requirements so you'll go through them and jump through those hoops and then it'll dawn on you nothing was necessary or maybe it'll be five and after you get the five nothing it'll dawn on you nothing was necessary right? if it was 800 of them after you go through 800 of them, you'll dawn on the fact nothing was necessary. Uh, or they can say that I need to do nothing, that I needed to do nothing, I needed to do nothing. It's always the, the recognition. It's part of what happens when it's recognized, hey, I needed to do anything. It's just the way it was always this way, and it was always available at all times. It was just the preoccupation kept me blind to it. That's all. So sometimes maybe I needed to do seemingly do things to, to diminish the preoccupation. But the realization is that I was always there at all times, with no requirement necessary, and you know every breath you took, it was preceded and, and contextualized by this, and it was always there. There was no traveling to get there, and there was no way you could travel away from it. Yeah, In a way, you were in divinely irrelevant. Yeah. Yeah? yeah. So, it seems like this whole thing is kind of... Um, design in the mind, not in the body. Yeah. So, would faith or belief have some kind of shifting value in the mind side? Believing in what you're saying as opposed to... Having no, value? faith would have a shifting value here in expression. Yes, for sure. That's one way mind is expressing here, is through faith. We just talked about it. If you have faith in a failed thought system, it's going to produce anxiety. It's the faith in the system that's producing the anxiety. It's the mind's belief in the system that's producing the anxiety about the future. If the future can't produce it. It doesn't exist. How can it produce? It has can't have an effect. It's not there. It has to it has to be a vehicle for an effect, and that's the faith of mind. I would say this forever. I've been saying it for so long. In, a, in, in meetings, I'd always say, everyone here has tons of faith. It's just a vehicle that it's put in. And everyone, you know, here's Boohoo me, you know. <laughs> here's non-self Paul, you know, from <laughs> over there. And, yeah. uh, this. But to me, I, it's never changed. It's always seemed so to me. There's tons of faith, and that's an aspect of mind here. Faith, yeah? You can't really get it. It's not quantified. You can't grab it. You can't sell it, yeah? You can't describe it. But there's a force of mind that I would call faith that can make things seem to be so pretty easily. And everything is seemingly so here, yeah? So that faith, if it's put into a failed system of self reliance, what do you believe that faith is producing? All that exquisite anxiety we're going through. What else could have produced it? Couldn't have been the thoughts, they just thoughts. Can't be what they're about, they're not, it's not happening. It has to be the mind. Yeah. So a, a force of mind called faith has been put in a, a wrong, or a, a certain vehicle, let's say wrong vehicle, because what, and that vehicle, as soon as it's put in that, it expresses that vehicle's intention, which is concern about a future that's not happening. How are you going to break that, that chain of cause and effect? If faith is in that vehicle, it's going to produce anxiety. I don't want to have the anxiety. Well, then, look at the faith that's producing it. And maybe if you could, quote-unquote, surrender, like it says, and perhaps there's a better way, trusting something infinite rather than your finite self, which is the system of self-centeredness, yeah? What will happen? The faith will be moved from that vehicle and put in another vehicle, which works better. You'll be lighter, you'll be more located here, you won't be so concerned about next week on a psychological level, Maybe you'll be writing your bills out and making plans, but not sure what's going to happen to me, and oh fuck, you know, all this, Yeah, that stuff will be dismissed, and, I mean, there's no leap of faith there, you just see the, the proof is in the pudding. You can tell a tree by its fruits, you know? So now you know, you put your faith in the right tree because look at the fruits. I'm traveling later, I'm not so obsessed with myself, I'm concerned about others' feelings a little bit more than I used to be. So hey, I'm on to something. Let the operation continue. Let the transfer continue. Start having faith in that transfer. Like it says in recovery, trust the process. Have faith, don't get up, lay on the operating table, don't play doctor, stay patiently. And then just get worked on, and you'll find out, and you'll become like the basket for those fruits to express here. You'll be you'll be the basket. You'll be a, the the beneficiary. Your mind will be unagitated, get relaxed. That clenched, that lead ball they always talk about, that fucking iron ball in there, will open up, and then that that contraction of mind with that idea of self will loosen up and expand, and you will just feel the better for it you know, as you're traveling. Who's that you that's feeling the better for it? Fuck that fucking thing. Just feel the better for it, you know? Just, just go, go with it. You're not going to get out of the destiny of being an action figure. So don't try to say you're not this as if you're going to never have a feeling again. Tons of feelings are going to arise. Let's just, you know, plant the right crops, you'll have different feelings. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just makes sense to me. It's very practical. And I got the proof in the pudding for years. I don't know. I mean, it's not like a big leap of faith. My faith is working much... I had faith in my thought system. I was totally fucked. Hmm. The only idea that made sense was to get as high as I could and just be a, just not be conscious at all because I'm fucking bad. I did terrible things and I deserve a huge amount of punishment. And I, was, and I had so much faith in my own conviction... Not my convictions, my conviction from the judge's point of view, and as the defendant, there was no way I was getting out of this this verdict. I mean, that's probably why I got hit by two, run over twice in one night. Was the faith of my own mind in what I believed to be so, and I believed I was bad, and therefore, voila, and then shit came down the pipe. I couldn't believe. <laughs> Now, seeing the power, it's like recognizing the power of Hoover Dam. You know what I mean? All right, I want to sort of let something else direct the flow of this, because this could create a fucking giant disaster, or maybe it could be really benevolent and beneficial. And that's what happened. AA was sort of the bridge. It allowed, I haven't been in jail in 25 years, and uh, that same intensity and that same faith is now in a better vehicle. It's the same faith. I had a lot of faith in mine, but I was believing in my thoughts. I thought I was, yeah, I had come up with some bad, bad ideas about me and you and life, and I was totally stubbornly convinced I was right, and therefore I suffered a lot of consequences. Now I'm using that same faith that put me in hell, yeah, to project into heaven. It's it's the same energy. Same energy, just in a different vehicle. That's what I call faith, and we all have it. It's just to watch, find where the vehicle is. If you see, you can tell by the fruits. If the fruits suck in your life, then the tree is sitting under. I'd rather, you better move. <laughs> like you have a lot of faith, but you have faith in your thoughts. You're, you're still taking a lot of your attention from the day. And you're still believing a lot of that bullshit up there. And therefore, it produces an, an ease and an anxiety and an agitation. That's not necessarily. It doesn't necessarily need to be there, but the mind's producing it based on what it's relying on. That's what's happening, and you're not going to stop the expression of mind. It's powerful, yeah. As Jesus says, "It's done according to your belief. As you think, it, so you are." It's true in a lot of ways, yeah. He was just. He wasn't. He was just giving out spiritual axioms left and right. He was explaining how mind works, yeah, and to be wary of it <laughs> because it's going to. It can make an exquisite hell for you. A lot of people are in it, driven to drink and take pills all day because of what they're believing in their own head. If they would walk out in the sunlight and go to a market, they'd probably see a lot of people smile at them. But their story is that they're so strongly right, they never even leave the house anymore. And they just keep reinforcing their own faith. They're caught in a very heavy-duty loop, man. That's when you have to take actions. Thinking and feelings aren't going to work. Reading philosophies isn't going to work. you got to go out and help someone else. You've got to take a walk. You've got to take an action. Use the thing that's determining your presence here as a solution to your dilemma. That's the whole thing with AA. At, in the beginning of recovery, actions are the way to go, not thoughts and feelings. Thoughts and feelings have been totally co-opted by the self-centeredness. Take an action. You can break that. Yeah? doesn't mean you have to take actions the rest of your life but then after a while the thoughts and feelings will be freed from that bondage and they'll be more reliable yeah you'll be seeing blue is blue and red is red you'll have a lot more intuitive thoughts and a lot more sense of things and now you can start going back to relying on it but in the beginning actions is the only way to go you can't trust yourself whatsoever you're seeing blue is red and black is green you know Your feelings cannot be taken to be anywhere close to what's going on and your thoughts are insane. Yeah? The mind has just gone wild. Just downloading tons of meanings. The simplest little statement someone say hello to you and you can go home and wonder about it for five hours. Make it into a huge freaking story. That's how insane your mind is right now. And it's got the power of fucking 20 suns, you know? The mind is incredibly powerful. So... Yes. That yeah, all right. That is for. So, yes. yes.